Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Acts 28, verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Acts 28, verses 1 through 10, the power of kindness. Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to start reading uh, uh, Acts chapter 28, starting at verse 1 from the New Living Translation. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. Uh, It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. Bit him on the hand. Verse 4, the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when he, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that he was a god. Verse 7 says, Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island, He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 We want to talk today from the thought, the power of kindness. The power of kindness. The power of kindness. What is biblical kindness? Well, it goes deeper than being nice. It is inextricably tied to love, faithfulness mercy, compassion, pity. It includes being warm and friendly, but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that. The word that we get uh, for kindness in verse two of our text today is the Greek word philanthropia. Philanthropia. It means a friend, a friend of mankind. It it means a friend of humanity, a person who warmly loves others. Philanthropia speaks of treating people with respect. It's benevolence. It it befits each one being created in the image of God. It actively shares kindness, uh, what is needed with others. It speaks, um, it it is also referred to in Titus chapter 3, verse number 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. And this kindness is powerful, y'all. It's powerful. What makes kindness so powerful can be seen in our text today. Allow me to share a little bit of this background. The Apostle Paul was a prisoner in transport to Rome by ship. Uh, That is, until a storm came and destroyed the ship that was carrying him and the crew. Uh, They survived the storm by holding on to pieces of the broken ship uh, and riding the waves that brought them to the shores of Malta. 
Malta. This island, sometimes also referred to as Melita, Melita, uh, is, is a, is, comes from a Phoenician uh, background. It means to escape. It speaks of a refuge or a harbor of refuge. This island, Malta, Melita, I'm going to refer to it as Malta throughout the rest of our time together. It's an island about 18 miles long, eight miles wide. It lies about 58 miles south of uh, Sicily and 180 miles north and east of the African coast. Paul and the others, others who were part of the ship, persons who were escorting him uh, to make his way to Rome to his court date, uh, they've all landed on the island of Malta. And they're here by accident. They're here by accident, a near fatal accident. Uh, they've been through a storm and washed ashore at an unintended destination. The intended destination was Rome, but here they are, ended up accidentally at this place called Malta. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? How many of you were headed one place and accidentally ended up somewhere else you had no intention of going? And have you ever come out of a storm, some drama, some mess that could have taken your life uh, when you were away at college, perhaps, or maybe at your first duty station? I believe all of us may have had a Malta experience, ending up one place when we were headed someplace else. In fact, we can say that we're in such a place right now. We didn't see this pandemic coming. We didn't have quarantine or shelter in place or face masks on our to-do list or our list of goals for 2020. But here we are. Here we are debating whether or not to return our children to school this fall. Here we are where the governor of, of, of Georgia is, is suing the, the mayor of Atlanta over whether or not you can mandate wearing masks. Whoever would have thought that we would be in this place where some of you haven't been to your church home in four months, four months. Whoever would have thought that we would be in this place? But the good news is, the good news is God is still in control. God is still in control. He is caring and kind and in control. He is so caring and he is so kind. He has a way of positioning people at accidental, unintended stops along our journey, ready to show us kindness when we get there. In our text, the Apostle Paul was shown kindness from the people of Malta in verse 2, Publius in verse 7, the governor of the island, and other islanders of Malta in verse 10. Paul was not only on the receiving end, he showed kindness as well. Paul showed kindness to Publius' father in verse 8, and sick islanders in verse 9. Paul and the others were only on Malta for three months, and then they moved on to Rome. I truly believe the kindness they received and the kindness he showed had something to do. I'm going to move this over. Had something to do. Had something to do with their ability to move on past Malta. I truly believe that. In fact, that's what I want to argue today. I want to argue that receiving and showing kindness can be a significant source of power to keep you moving forward. I believe kindness is that important. It can keep you going, especially after you've survived a near fatal storm that's really not over yet. I submit to you that kindness received and shown is critical for people in strange, unintended places if they are going to move forward as servants of God and in life Period. Think of all the times you wanted to give up. Think about all the times you wanted to quit and kindness put more gas in your encouragement tank. 
Think of all the times storms took you to places you didn't want to go. Consider the mean, nasty, rude, cruel, ungrateful people who made you contemplate quitting. Just think of all the times when life just happened and things just didn't seem to get right. One thing after another and you just wanted to give up. But right around that time, right about that time, kindness showed up and put some more fuel in your purpose fuel tank. Perhaps it was a thank you, a word of encouragement, a phone call, a text or some or some gesture, a testimony rather uh, to, to attest to how you may have blessed someone else. And it was just what you needed. It was just what you needed to continue flowing in your yes. I'm telling you that kindness can keep you moving forward. And in this text today, we're going to see how kindness shown, now kindness received and kindness shown, kept Paul and his crew moving forward. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. The first thing I want to talk about is kindness received. Kindness received. I'm in verse 1. And when they were escaped, King James Version, when they knew that the island that the island was called Melita, and other translations say Malta, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. You may be thinking uh, that Luke, the author of Acts, is being rude, calling the people of Malta barbarous or barbarians. Barbarians. But in looking in minds, barbarous or barbarians simply referred to people who didn't speak Greek. They just didn't speak Greek. To the Greeks, people who did not speak their language were said to sound strange and confusing to them. Other languages uh, to the Greeks sounded like people were just saying bar, bar, bar. It just sounded strange. Uh, so hence, people who spoke other languages than Greek were referred to as barbarians or barbarous. It reminds me of when I would watch uh, Charlie Brown cartoons when I was growing up and the school teacher and the Charlie Brown cartoons would sound like womp, 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 womp. It's kind of like that. You know, they just sound funny. They sound strange. But the islanders, these islanders built a fire because Paul and them were wet and cold. This tells us the storm that they were in that shattered their ship hadn't come to a screeching halt just yet. The Maltese ship started a fire because Paul and them were wet and cold. It looks like they may have survived their storm, but they were, they were still wearing the effects of what they had gone through. They couldn't testify. I don't look like what, I go, what I've gone through. They looked like what they had gone through. They're standing there dripping wet in this cold October's, uh, October climate. But glory be to God. He has a way of knowing. He'll not only, God has a way of not only knowing he'll bring us through our storms and our situations, but he has people positioned at the other side of the storm, ready to show us kindness uh, when they receive us. Thank God that they did. Thank God that these folks showed Paul and them kindness and started this fire. And when people do things for you, especially when you've endured a storm that could have taken your life, y'all, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. After what you've gone through is still on you and strangers who talk funny help you out. I'm telling you that 
is a blessing. Paul and them could, couldn't hide the fact that they were wet and cold. It was obvious that they were wet and cold because of the rain still falling and the October winds chilling their bones. Of course, they were wet and they were cold. Of course, they needed some help. And God had people at the place Paul and them accidentally landed. And from them, Paul and them received uncommon kindness. Kindness can make a significant difference. So receive it when it comes your way. Receive it when it comes your way. Receive it with uncommon gratitude, uncommon humility, and uncommon appreciation. But as the devil would have it, as the devil would have it, after this uncommon kindness was shown, this 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 uncommon kindness at a whole different level. Uh, it was a level of kindness that you don't see every day. A common a, a level of kindness that was truly at a whole different level. Here comes the devil in verse number three. In verse number three, Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire. A poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. So Paul decided, all right, I'm going to help out. We got this fire going. I'm going to help keep the fire lit. I'm going to grab some sticks and put them on the fire. And that's a, it's a sermon in there somewhere, y'all. There's a sermon in there that if you want to keep the fire going, you've got to play your part. You've got to do something in order to keep the fire going. So Paul grabs these sticks and as he's grabbing these sticks, the heat rises and causes a snake to jump out and bite him on his hand. Oh my God, Paul is in trouble. Paul is in trouble and you can imagine the snake's fangs in Paul's hand and it may have coiled around his, his hand and his arm. Paul may be standing there saying, man, after all I've gone through, now I've got to go through this after all I've gone through, after, after, the, after the, the storm, after the shipwreck, now I got to deal with this snake, really, as if I hadn't already gone through enough. This devil, this devil doesn't know how to quit. This devil doesn't know when to stop. He doesn't know when to leave God's people alone, alone. I truly believe, I truly believe that this is simply another attack of the enemy, Another attack of the enemy on, on Paul's life, on his anointing, on his purpose. And the, the devil doesn't know when to quit attacking the people of God. And we must always be aware, always be aware that we've been enlisted to fight spiritual warfare. We fight unseen spiritual forces that attack the people of God, especially people of God who are sold out for Christ and surrendered to God's purpose for their lives as vessels advancing God's kingdom in the earth. The devil does not want you to serve God. The devil does not want you to obey God. The devil does not want you to be faithful in God's purpose for your life and steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If he can't use your storm to get you to quit, he'll wreck your ship to get you to quit. If that won't work, he can get a snake or something to attack your body. And this attack, this attack from the snake, this attack is personal. This attack is personal. The storm they were in, that's really not over yet, affected everybody. It affected everyone who was on that ship. And when the ship broke apart and, and became nothing but pieces of a ship, that affected everyone who was on that ship. But now, but now the snake is on Paul's hand. Now it's a personal battle. It's a personal battle. And Paul is still determined uh, to fight on. Paul deals with this personal battle with, with the snake fangs in his hand. And, and the attack is personal because the enemy wants Paul 
and you and me to turn away from God, to turn away from God. This pandemic is affecting everybody, everybody around the world. But I bet some of you are dealing with some personal attacks. You, you've got fangs in your hands like right now. It's personal. It's personal. And the devil, he simply wants you to give up. He wants you to drift away from God. He wants you to give up his venom of discouragement, his venom of spiritual fatigue, grief, despair, and hopelessness and sin is intended. It is designed to make us quit. And what can make it even worse is when the snake is on your hand as a personal battle, but is also a public battle. The snake, listen, the snake did not bite Paul privately. The snake bit Paul in front of everybody. It was public. And the islanders knew that this viper bite was serious. And we can hear them talking. We can hear them talking. Look at what they said. Look at what they said in verse number four. Verse four. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, texted to one another, uh, tweeted, DM'd one another, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. In other words, they talking about Paul. They see the snake on his hand. They talking about Paul. They hardly know Paul, but they talking about Paul. They don't know enough about Paul to be running their mouth on Paul. They got their mouth all on him. But isn't that like folk to do stuff like that? Isn't that, isn't that how people do? Or let me, let me rephrase that. Isn't that how we do? We hardly know folk and we got our mouth all on them talking about them. We don't know their story, but we're drawing conclusions about their struggle. These folks don't know Paul's story, but here they are making assumptions about his struggle. And sometimes we don't know enough about folks' story to make conclusions or draw us, make assumptions about their struggle. But here they are running their mouth. He must have done something. He must have done something. The storm didn't get him. The, the shipwreck didn't get him. And now the snake, the snake going to get him. He's going to pay for what he's done. He must have done something. And the universe is, is out to get him. This is unseen forces in the universe making him receive something that he's done. Right. They must have understood something about karma or they maybe they knew the expression. Some of us have heard what goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. The Bible even speaks of that. The Bible speaks of sowing and reaping. Job chapter 4 verse 8. Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Proverbs 22 and 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Second Corinthians nine and six. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And then the words of our Lord in, my, in Luke chapter six, verse thirty eight. Jesus in Luke six, thirty eight. Uh, this 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 scripture is oftentimes uh, quoted in the context of money, but he's really talking about mercy when he said give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet with all. It shall be measured to you again. You can reap what you sow. What goes around comes around. So here's what we do. Here's what you and I ought to do. How about we sow seeds of kindness? Sow seeds of kindness, and I truly believe we shall reap a harvest of kindness.
kindness, especially when you show up in strange places. You accidentally ended up and you need you really, really need some kindness. But they talking bad about Paul. They talking bad about him. He must have done something. He's paying for what he's done. But watch what Paul does in verse five. Verse five, he said, the Bible says, and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Shook off the beast into the fire, felt no harm. This word shake in, in verse five is the same Greek word used in Luke chapter nine, verse five. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. Paul has a snake on his hand, a dangerous snake with with lethal venom on his hand. The islanders are talking about him. He must have done something. He must have done something he ain't had no business doing. He must have taken a life somewhere and now his life is going to be taken. But Paul shook off the beast. He shook it off. He shook it off. Verse five says he shook off the beast. This makes me remember one of my classmates uh, survived breast cancer and COVID-19. I've shared this story with y'all before and she labeled both of them, breast cancer and COVID-19 as beasts. <laughs> they were, they ain't no joke. They're nothing to laugh at. And she said COVID-19 was worse than breast cancer. With breast cancer, at least she said she had some good days and some bad days. With COVID-19, she had nothing but bad days. It was a beast, but she shook them off. She shook them off and she made it clear that these things were beasts. They ain't no joke. She shook them off and all of us have beasts with which to contend. Some of you have some beasts that you're fighting right now. Cancer is a beast. COVID-19 is a beast. Isolation for some is a beast. Cabin fever for some is a beast. Loneliness is a beast. Grief is a beast. Depression is a beast. But what did Paul do with this attack from this beast? He shook it off. He shook it off. And I want to encourage you. You got to shake it off because if Paul didn't shake this beast off, it could have killed him. If he had allowed this viper to hang on to him, it could have taken him out. As long as he allowed the viper to hang unchecked, the more he increased his likelihood that the viper would kill him. He had to shake it off. He had to see this viper biting him and hanging on to him as a dangerous, potentially fatal situation. He had to do something about it. He had to get the viper off of him. And that's what you and I have to do because the longer we allow some beast to bite our minds and our souls and pump venom of hopelessness, despair, depression into your, into our spirits, the more likely the beast can prove fatal. You cannot afford that. You've got to shake it off. Somebody type, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. You've got to shake it off. It won't be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not even trying to insinuate that it's just a piece of cake. It's, it's something that can happen overnight. I'm not even, I'm not even going there with you this morning. Yes, it may be difficult, but you've got to shake it off and shake it off without getting high. Shake it off without without getting drunk. Shake it off without drugs and alcohol. Shake it off without attempting suicide. Shake it off. Paul, Paul shook it off as if he was saying, as if he was saying, God's brought me too far for this thing to take me out. I've survived way much more than, than this for this to take me out. God has done too much for me for this to take me out. And I believe 
You need to have that kind of talk within yourself today. God has brought me too far for this to take me out. God has brought me too far for, for me to let this thing linger in my life, on my hand, in my mind, in my spirit, and allow it to go unchecked. I must shake this off. If I don't, it can kill me. It can kill my joy. It can kill my sense of purpose. It can kill my sense of direction. It can kill my focus. It can kill my worship. It can kill my faith. You've got to shake it off. And the good news is you can shake off that depression. Shake off that viper of helplessness. Shake off that beast of hopelessness. Shake it off. And after Paul shook off the beast, here's what the islanders did. In verse 6, they waited for him to swell up. They waited for his skin to become inflamed and swollen. Or, or for him, as verse 6 continues, they waited for him to drop dead. <laughs> they waited. They waited for him to die. But when they had waited, as verse 6 continues, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Paul shook off the snake and they watched him waiting on him to swell up, to become inflamed, or again, to drop dead. But he didn't. But he didn't, just like you didn't. The islanders had a reasonable expectation, though. They had a reasonable expectation because the truth of the matter is Paul should have died from this. They probably seen or heard of people dying from viper attacks and they knew Paul's chances of survival were slim. But they must not have known how Paul's sovereign, gracious, compassionate, kind God can keep you when the enemy is trying to kill you. Paul surviving the storm, the shipwreck, and now the snake. As a matter of fact, we've got to read between the lines in the Holy Ghost and see that this is God. This is God's kindness at work. The reason why the shipwreck didn't kill him because God was kind to him. The reason why the storm didn't kill him is because God's kindness was at work. The reason why the snake bite didn't kill him is because God's kindness is at work. And the reason one of the reasons why you're still here, the, one of the reasons why you can still inhale and exhale without an oxygen tank or a ventilator, without being, uh, without, without struggling to take another breath or struggling for your life is because God has been kind to you. And I believe God was telling Paul the same thing he told me to tell y'all this, this morning. I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't forgotten about you. I heard God so clear as I was studying and preparing just to share with y'all. God said, tell them to tell, tell them. I said, I ain't forgot about him. Paul is still here because God has not forgotten about him. God has not forgotten about you. He was kind to Paul and allowed his golden days to roll on a little while longer. God's kindness can certainly keep you going. And when you survive what killed most people, that's God being kind to you. And there's power in kindness. It can keep you going. It can make the difference between life and death. God was kind enough to start you, to wake you up this morning, start you on your way. God was kind enough to bless you, to inhale one more time. And you were able to shake off some stuff because God was kind to you. And you're going to shake some stuff off now. So tell everybody waiting on you to die. Tell them they're going to witness God's kindness in your life. Tell everybody waiting on you to swell up uh, with, with what's fatal and become inflamed with hopelessness and helplessness. Tell them God is going to be kind to me and keep me alive. And when they see God move into your life, just as, just, as the, just as the islanders had to change their minds about Paul, people who are watching you, they have to change their minds about you. 
Because this is what happened to Paul. They mistook Paul to be a god. And that's interesting because Paul was traveling with people who saw him as a prisoner. They were guards escorting him to Rome for his court date. But the islander saw a god. This dude must be God. No, he's not God. He's just someone with whom God fellowships and God abides. Don't let either perspective get to you. When people look at you as a prisoner, they look down on you and other people lift you up higher than where you ought be. Don't let either one of those perspectives get to you. People who don't see you as much, don't let that get to you. People who see you as more than what you are, please don't let that get to you. See yourself as one who's been favored by God, who's been shown kindness by God. After all that you've gone through, after all that Paul has gone through, still standing, still standing. And it's, good, it's a good thing that he is. It's a good thing that Paul is still standing because while all of this is going on, while all of this, while snake fangs were in his hand, God was opening a door for Paul. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. This, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. A door has opened for Paul the whole time the snake was biting his hand. God was opening a door. The whole time the enemy was attacking his body publicly and privately. God was opening a door. In verse 7, the governor of the island, Publius, invited Paul and him to his palace. Herein we see the kindness of God again. And I submit to you that God opened that door for Paul and him to be invited to this governor's palace. He's an influential man. He's, he's the governor over all of Malta. And maybe, I don't know, I hope he wasn't lodging a lawsuit uh, against the mayor of Atlanta. But anyway, that's a different sermon for a different day. But he invited Paul and them to his estate. While the snake was biting Paul's hand, God was opening a door for him to visit Publius, the governor of Malta. And that's why you can't quit. Because right now, while you're going through, God is opening doors for you. Right now, while you're, while you're dealing with the beasts in your life, God is opening doors for you. Right now, while people are yet showing you kindness, God is opening doors for you. You cannot quit. You cannot give up. And I want you to believe by faith that right now as you struggle, God is opening doors for you right now. So then kindness has been received again in verse 7. Kindness has been received again. Look at verse 7. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, the governor, whose name was Publius, Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously, courteously or kindly in a friendly manner. Kindness was received again, again, after the storm, after the shipwreck. Kindness comes to him again, even though the people had started a fire for him and showed kindness. Kindness comes to Paul again. It comes to him again. This time it comes from someone who's up there. This time it comes from someone who has great influence. He's a highfalutin dude. He's Paul and them. They chopping high cotton now. Right. The, the, the governor has invited them in. There's God again saying, I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't forgotten about you. But the question comes for all of us. What do you do? When bigwigs, highfalutin people, show you kindness, Paul would tell us to see if you can show them kindness. Look at verses 7 through 9. Verses 7 through 9. In verse 7, again, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came 
and were healed. So Paul not only received kindness, but he showed kindness by serving Publius's father and other sick people of Malta. Publius's father was sick with what the Bible describes in verse 8 as a bloody flux. It's interpreted from a, from a Greek word that also means dysentery. Dysentery. Dysentery is an infection of the intestines. Uh, it can become severe and even fatal. But Paul showed him kindness by serving him. He went in and prayed, laid his hands on him, and healed him. He, Paul didn't have to do it, but he did. But wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. Dysentery is fatal and contagious. And by the way, medical experts suggest one way to prevent the spread of dysentery is to wash your hands. Sound familiar? But yet Paul went in, no face mask, no gloves, laid his hands on him and healed him. So that is the difference. That's the difference. That's the difference between Paul showing kindness and the islanders and Publius showing kindness. Because the truth of the matter is, there is a difference between the kindness Paul showed and, and the kindness that he received. Anyone can be kind if they want to be. Anyone can be friendly, nice, hospitable, and helpful if they so desire. Atheists can be kind. Witches can be kind. Anyone, regardless to their religious practices, can be kind if and when they want. Now, we know nothing about the Maltese spirituality. We know nothing of their religious practices, but we do know they were kind to Paul and them. And now the tables turn and Paul showed them kindness. That's what you do. When kindness has come to you, you seek ways to turn it around and you show kindness. And there's a difference. There's a difference between the kindness Paul received and the kindness he showed. I believe that Paul received uncommon kindness, but he showed Kingdom kindness. Paul received uncommon kindness from the Maltese, but Paul showed kingdom kindness. Because keep in mind that kindness is listed among the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the word kindness in that Galatians text comes from a Greek word that means a useful kindness, a profitable kindness. It is synonymous with the same type of kindness that was shown to, to Paul in verse number two. It, it meets real needs. It is the opposite of being cruel. It, it meets real needs. So the Holy Ghost gives us kindness. He, he manifests himself in kindness in a different way for the people of God. It meets real needs. It can, it can include laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Yeah. Uh, but we got to be careful. It got, we got to be careful. Um, it, it can work. God is able. God is able to use you to manifest kindness in dangerous situations. But we've got to be careful. I'm reminded of my sister Barbara. I shared with you my sister Barbara had battled uh, and shook off COVID-19 and is now back to normal. We praise God for that. But uh, before she was diagnosed and before she went to the hospital, my oldest brother Charles went and laid hands on her and prayed for her. Right. Uh, but Charles never got sick with COVID-19, never got sick to this day. Charles has been and still is the picture of of good health, prosperity, even as his soul is yet prospering. 
But yet and still, there's a story. There's a story of Pastor Franklin Indefor, uh, who was the pastor of the Kingship International Ministries Church in Cameroon, West Africa, who laid hands on his parishioners who were diagnosed with uh, COVID-19 or suspected to have COVID-19. And he caught COVID-19 and died at the tender young age of 39. So every believer has Holy Ghost kingdom kindness inside of us. We can all demonstrate this kindness in various ways and we can all lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But if I were you, I would reserve the laying on of hands of those with contagious diseases that are known to be fatal to those who have a track record of the gift of healing. Paul, the apostle, had a track record of the gift of healing. And he went into Publius' father, laid hands on him, and he was healed and received a miracle of healing. If I were you, before I'd step into situations where people were diagnosed with COVID-19 or any other contagious and fatal disease, I'd intercede, from them from my, I'd intercede for them from my prayer closet. Yes, because what God sees you, how he sees you praying in private, he will answer in public. Let those who may have the spiritual gift of healing, let them, as they are led by the Spirit of God, go in, lay hands on the sick who, are, who have contagious and fatal diseases and see them recover. God can use you to demonstrate kindness. You do it as God has gifted you to do it. You demonstrate supernatural kingdom kindness in a way that God has empowered you to do it, a way that he's ordained you to do it. But don't simply be on the receiving end of kindness. Be on the, on the giving end. Disseminate this supernatural kingdom kindness. Meet real needs, real needs with people who have real problems. Show kindness according to the anointing on your life and trust God to make himself known through you. And when you do, just like the Apostle Paul, the community can be blessed, healed, delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. Then in verse 10, verse 10, as if these folks hadn't been kind enough, as if Paul hadn't already received an overdose of kindness, it comes to him again. Again, verse 10, who also, the, the community comes to him as he has healed the sick, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. So again, Paul then received kindness from the community. They honored them with gifts and resources they needed to keep going. The islanders probably, probably brought them food to eat as they would continue on to Rome. They probably brought them excuse me, keep clothes that would keep them warm as they would move on uh, to, uh, to Rome after they had stayed in Malta for three months. They had been there just for a temporary visit. And I believe that while you're experiencing your Malta, it's just a temporary stop. It's just a temporary stop on your way to God's ordained destiny for your life. Don't become filled with despair and hopelessness because you're someplace that you accidentally wound up. It's a temporary stop. It's a temporary stop. If you receive kindness and show kindness, it can be fuel in your tank to keep you moving, improve. As you look back on the situation you're in now, it was just a temporary stop. It was just a temporary stop. Thank God for the people he brings into our lives. Thank God for how God himself shows us kindness and gives us open doors through which we can show kindness and we can keep going. That's what I want you to do. As we close today, keep going, keep moving forward, 
Keep moving forward. He's, God's been too good to you. God's been too kind to you. God has opened too many doors for you. God has too much in store for you for you to give up now. Keep moving forward. And kindness gives us that fuel. It's that powerful. It's that powerful for us to keep moving forward. I pray that you have received this word on today. I want you to be kind and share. God bless you. Amen. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.